0: What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. We got the whole crew again tonight. We're, we're staying three strong. Memphis Grizzlies fall short to the Utah Jazz 121-115, fall of 55-24 and 24 on the season. But if you don't think that Ja Morant and Dylan Brooks would make six points difference in this game, you're out of your ever-loving mind. This was a game that if the Grizzlies are fully healthy, they win this game. And you can see, you, you can, Quinn Schneider got on the pregame presser and he was like, I'm so sick and tired of hearing this. And, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the quote up in front of me, but he was essentially calling out the media for the media, calling out the issues that are going on with this team. And of course it's coach speak. It, it is oh, there's nothing going on. You guys are trying to drive a wedge in between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. There's something going on with this team. We'll get into that a little bit more later on, but it, it's, you can't tell me there's nothing going on. You, you hear it from the different people. Oh, all we got, you know, Mitchell released a statement even, I think it was yesterday, talking about how, you know, they're still same mindset. Everybody wants to win, yada, yada, yada. It's bullcrap you could see it tonight Donovan Mitchell struggled from the field there was a play in particular that I talked to Isaac about with uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, and I'm rambling on let me get everybody else involved here and then we'll jump back into this we got Candace and Isaac with us what did you guys think about this game you let let, let's go with Isaac first and then we'll throw it to Candace
1: well I mean a lot lot to kind of kind of unpack here from from this game first of all I think they needed a game like this I think having blowouts, I mean, that, that's great. You always, you always, if you can blow a team out, you want to blow them out. But going to the playoffs, you having a game like this, I think, helps. To Having a game where you have to execute down the stretch, a game where you're up, you're down, you having to fight back, because that's playoff basketball. This was a playoff type of game. And, and that atmosphere in Utah, that's what you're going to get in these playoff games on the road. So I feel like that was good for them down the stretch. But, but kind of to your point about kind of Jonathan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert, there's definitely something going on there. There's no doubt about that. And if you have John and Dylan Brooks in this game, I, I think the Grizz win this game going away. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think even though some of the same issues that we saw that this team caused the Grizz in the playoffs last year, we saw some of those tonight. But I think knowing that you don't have you didn't have John Rand Brooks, I think going back to last night and our comments about Utah and not being scared to face this team, I think I feel just as good or better after seeing what I saw tonight about not being afraid of this team, because again, man, you have job ja and Dylan Brooks, especially in that overtime, because I, I wasn't a big fan of kind of the offense of the overtime. I think they settled for some shots. I think mm-hmm. if you, if you had Jai and Dylan Brooks in there, I think some of those points that you would have got some points in the paint. I think there were some bad shots, some forced shots, some rush shots in overtime, and that wouldn't have happened if, if Jai and Dylan, I think they would have really helped close this game out. I think that was a big issue in this game. I think just in the end of the day, man, you just got to make shots. And I think you look at the box score, 39 and one-on-one for 38.6%. Man, that's just not going to get it done uh, most of the time. They play good, definitely good enough defense to get the win here tonight. But I think it's just the go-barrier and white side effect. I think a lot of those easy shots, like those tight floaters, a lot of stuff that they get in the paint, only 40 points tonight. and That's not a, that's a terrible number for the Grizzlies in, in the paint for how, how they run their offense. I think a lot of that had to do with the shot-blocking ability of Whiteside and Gobert. And and a lot of those shots, you rush them, you're not as comfortable taking those shots because you're worried about getting them blocked. And I think that's what we saw tonight. They almost made enough threes, man, 13 and 31 for 41.9%. They almost made enough to make up for that. They shot so well from three that they were still in the game. But those points in the paint really killed them tonight. And I think that's the reason why they weren't able to win this game. And, and again, man, Whiteside and Gobert – Definitely cause a lot of problems for you in the paint, and, and definitely make you think when you're going in
2: there. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with a lot of you guys' sentiment. Whenever you shoot 38.6 percent from the floor, you you, you kind of got to expect that you aren't going to win that one. But it's the fact that they were able to take it to overtime, that they're still um able to to be competitive and and sort of give ja- give the Jazz uh run for their money when they went on sort of, you know, their long runs. I think this is a good litmus test for the Grizzlies. I, it it doesn't give me any concern whatsoever. It actually gives me more confidence about this team. Uh, you know, like I think Dylan and, and Ja are more than the difference. Really, I think just a few different plays could have been made in the in in overtime. And I think Grizzlies could have easily won this game. So you're playing against a team that's desperate. They had to have this game. So they absolutely had to have this game. They needed this game. The Grizzlies, didn't <laughs> in any reform or imagination. We've already got the two seed locked up. Um, we're just sort of playing it to, to see how we play up against these good teams. And so, you know, a, th- a few things you do differently, but considering it's in the grand scheme of things, this loss doesn't really mean anything one way or the other. Um, I'm completely fine with the outcome tonight.
0: Yeah. Isaac mentioned the 40, 40 points in the paints for man. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. 40 points in the paint for the Grizzlies. They were 41% in the painted area, which is just terrible. You you got to be better than that. Mm-hmm. One of the best paint defenders for, you know, the best drop defender in the league is a huge, that, that's a huge part of it. But one thing that the Grizzlies, they were doing early on that was working really well is Steven Adams, his ability to pass the ball. And, and I mentioned this on Twitter. He was eating Gobert up because Gobert would drop super deep, and then Adams would go up and attack him, and when he would go in toward him, he would make Gobert uh, scoot up, and then they could cut behind Gobert. They got a number of points in the paint by Adams, you know, dishing the ball to somebody after they, they back cut Gobert, and that's something yeah, I, the, the Jazz were able to make adjustments on that, but you look at the, the assist numbers for Steven Adams at eight, I would say probably six, at least six of those eight were him attacking Gobert, Gobert coming up toward him, and then him hitting a cutter right underneath the basket. And that's something I think that gives you good film for if you do end up mashing up against this team in the playoffs, a way to attack Rudy Gobert. They did have Rudy Gobert. He he had five fouls. I think if you go at him a little bit more, you could get him out of this game and – uh, another thing that happened, Jaron Jackson saw a couple threes go down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and then he just got trigger happy. And and that's yeah. – I had no issue with Jaron shooting threes. I, I, I'm not on the bandwagon of he needs to stay in the paint. He was doing a good job of kind of mixing it up, attacking. He had one play where he got the ball and he goes coast to coast, Euro step, lays it up and in. A lot of good stuff from him. But after he saw a couple threes go down there late, he just starts jacking them up. And I think that you could have gotten much better shots late, especially in that overtime, than a yes. deep three from him.
1: Yeah, that's what I was yeah. mentioning it earlier. I, I didn't yeah. like a couple of those. I mean, they were wide open. I mean, it wasn't like they were just these egregious shots. But I think they could have got better shots at our offense. I, I just wasn't a fan of kind of some of the shots that they ended up getting in overtime. But. Yeah. Uh, again, man, this is a situation where, as you guys said, the Jazz had to win this game. Um, uh, and, and I feel like the Jazz played really well. Like I don't know if they're gonna play any better than that, even in a playoff situation. And the Grizz were still right there. They were able to force this game to overtime. Uh, just a tremendous play by by Kyle Harrison, man. Desmond Bain put the deep three uh, air ball. Kyle Harrison got the rebound, and it was just a, a concentration thing, man. Just after. Get your timing right and, and put it back up and in. He was able to able to do that, and I, I just think even, even with the loss, I, I think you as a Grizz fan and somebody that comes to the team, you have to you, you have to come out of this thing pretty positive. Because uh, again, I mean, Utah is at full strength, had to win this game, and I feel like they played really, really well tonight. And the Grizzlies did not play their best basketball, and were still able to to take this to overtime. So, I mean, that's kind of what I was impressed by. But but again, you got you can't shoot. Thirty-eight point six percent, and they expect to win. And the fact that they were right. still able to be close to doing that, a couple of shots here and there, a couple of things going another way, they could have won this is, is super impressive. Uh, so this team, when they get healthy, you get all these guys back going to the playoffs, man. This team is super dangerous, and I think they've proven. And, and, I, and I think if other teams are watching this, what they've been able to do without their main guys, I think I think there's going to be some, some coaches worried about about this team going in the playoffs, but I don't think anybody wants to face this Grizzlies team right now.
2: Yeah. And, and a couple of points. I think it's it's a little unfortunate because of how well this matchup actually went for us. I think by the Jazz winning this game means they they won't fall any lower than six. And I'm pretty sure. So that means we won't see them in the playoffs. Uh, I thought I saw. I I could, you guys maybe double check that for me, but I think I saw that. Um, somewhere on Twitter that, that that win sort of cemented at least a top six seed for them, yeah, yeah, um, which makes sense in. at this point. Yeah. Um, so that won't be a matchup we get to see, unfortunately, because um, this sort of solidified my confidence that I had going into the, uh, going, in, going in with this matchup to begin with, but um, Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. You got no confidence in the Jazz coming out of the other side. They're going to be on more than likely no, the opposite side no, of the bracket. No, no, no. <laughs> No, that they was, was no their best credit. credit. They're,
1: they're so, not being Dallas on gold I'm, like, it's not, I'm, not, I'm fine.
0: I, I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you. I'll let you finish up. But I, I'm like, it, it is still kind of a possibility. It's a long shot, but
2: is it will they fall? They can't. They can't fall to the plan. I thought we only could play the plan. The plan. Uh. Yeah, no, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, the Western yeah.
0: Conference Finals would be the the. Next, oh, uh, with I this, see what you're with saying. this win, that they, they move up to, they're in the five seed with this win. And they they can't fall any lower than six. Minnesota dropped a deuce tonight against what? Like I have no idea what are the Wizards doing playing yeah. to win? It's
1: what and I do. I don't is- know what they're doing, man. Like I mean, they beat the Dallas, blew Dallas out. Those they like yeah. why are they winning games? Like I have no idea what's going on with that team. Porzingis has been killing it. Like I mean, he's found something going back to the Wizards, man. He's looking like New York Knicks Porzingis right now, man. They're winning games. I I don't know, man. If I was them, I would be kind of playing those young guys, man, and, and playing for a draft pick, but I, I guess you can order them for, for playing. hard. A lot of these teams are playing hard. I think I, I DM uh, David earlier during this game. I was like, the only teams that really seem to quit, are the Pacers and, and possibly Sacramento, all these other teams, the magic, the Pistons, the wizards. I mean, these, the Knicks, all these teams are still playing hard, man, but I guess been another big victory for the wizards. And that's a bad loss for Minnesota tonight. Sorry didn't to me to cut you off,
2: David. Oh yeah. 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 yeah you're good. Um, uh, so, I, I, I was that was interesting. Uh, the point I was making is one, I was in, sad to see. Uh, but two, I'm just I, I'm really excited to see this team together. I think the first quarter and sort of how bad they shot to come out of the gate confirmed for me that I'm really happy that they went ahead and put this team back together. And I hope they continue that. I, I think that I think it's apparent that this team uh, works best coming out of a rhythm. And so it I, it seems pretty optimistic that we might see job before the playoffs. And I think that's important. Um, Cause I think that's another factor too. I mean, they shot 38% from the field, but you know, this team was a little, a little, a little rusty. They hadn't played in a few days. And so um, it just goes to our argument, Isaac, you know, when you're on, we're talking on Twitter, this team is a rhythm team. Um, and I think that this game, that was another takeaway that I had from sort of this game. And another reason why I wasn't really concerned about their performance one way or the other.
0: Well, one thing that I want to touch on, I think, you know, we've kind of – we discussed the game a little bit here. We talked about the Grizzlies struggle from the field. Taylor Jenkins mentioned that in his post-game presser. He, he said, you're not going to win many games shooting 38% from the field. He was really happy with the team's fight in this game. But something that was asked to him in the pregame presser I thought was extremely interesting. Um, I, I don't know who asked it. I think it was a, a Utah Jazz, a, a guy that covers the Jazz But he asked him about the people that have been saying, oh, the the Grizzlies are not going to be able to get out and transition. They're not going to be able to do, you know, this offensive rebounding, second chance points. Those kind of things don't work in the playoffs. What do you think about that? And and Taylor Jenkins, I I love the way he responded. He, He basically just said he didn't worry about it. He's like, I, I don't listen to that stuff. I come out here every day and I try to prepare this team to be the best version of themselves. And, you know, d- just take it as we go. He said, We, y- yeah, we do those things and we do those things really well. But there are other things that this team does besides just that. And so I, I think that they're going to be ready for the playoffs. I think he's ready to make adjustments. But I, I want to get your opinion on that. Do you think, you know, and we talked about the half-court offense with this team. Now over the last, you know, week or so with, with, you know, Ja being out, Ty is kind of running the point and seeing the the ball move around. Do you think that there's any concern? Is there any weight to that, that the the Grizzlies are not going to be able to play their style of basketball in the playoffs?
2: There's some weight to it, but I wouldn't take much into it. I think that this team, and at least post-All-Star break, has been able to show improvements in the thing that in the things that they needed to, or at least we've seen them uh, show improvement. I think like three point shooting was a big point. emphasis that was really concerning that they couldn't even make a league average for a lot of these games. I mean, we've been seeing them shoot the three from at a higher clip. I think we've been seeing the assist numbers go up and that might change when Jog gets back in the lineup. So we'll have to see about that part. Um, and then, we're getting healthy, so I think our, uh, we have a two ball creators. Uh, we got Dylan Brooks. He can create his own shot. As weird as his shots may be, we need his ability to be able to create his own shot. Um, and, of course, John Morant is able to create his own shot. Um, and then even our free throw percentages, we've, it's been better. It's not been as egregious. We've had some bad nights, I think. But I, I've seen some – it's not as consistently a problem as it has been, I think. Um, So I like what I'm seeing in that area. Like tonight they shot 82%. And so those things I think will help make up for our reliance on second chance points or transition points. Um, They may not be as prominent, but this team is versatile. I think if anything that I've learned from this team over the season, they've shown that they know how to win in a lot of different types of situations. And they've shown that they can execute in a lot of different types of situations. And so that gives me the confidence and sort of overrules, you know, that thinking because um, I'm looking at what I've seen recently and, and how they're playing now. And I think that's what matters the most going into the playoffs.
1: Um, and as Candace said, I think this team is, is a chameleon. Uh, like you said, I think they have shown that they can win basketball games in different ways and they can adjust and make adjustments. Um, I think Taylor Jenkins has shown that to, to kind of, play against different teams, whatever different teams are doing to them, they've made adjustments and still been able to win games. And with the rebounding thing, I think if any team in the league, I mean, this team has been number one in the league and rebounding all year. So if there's any team in the playoffs that can live off second chance points and create those opportunities, I think it's this Grizzlies team. I don't worry about that. I, I do think that they'll be able to get second chance points. It might not be, you might not be able to do it on a level that you were able to do it in a regular season. But I still don't, I think it's going to be a big factor for this team. I think Dylan Brooks coming back really helps in the, the half-court offense, the way that he can create his shots. I think the three-point shooting, as Candace said, I think the Melton is going to be key. I mean, the way he's been knocking out shots, they're really going to need that off the bench in the playoffs Him to continue to come in and knock down those shots. Tyus Jones has been knocking down threes at a much higher clip this year than he's done in the past. So I, I, I'm not as worried about it. I, I think this team will be – be fine, but I guess if, if you're going to point to something in the playoffs, it's going to be an issue, I guess. Half-court offense and free throw shooting, I guess, would be those two things, but I think this team will be able to, to overcome. I think this team is super versatile, and I think they'll be able to adjust if they get to get into a situation where a, a team is, is kind of taking them out of that. I think they have guys there. I mean, you have Ja who can, can get in the paint do different things. You have Dylan who now can create, get into the paint, and then you have guys that are knocking down shots right now. You have Jared. He's, at times, incredibly hard to guard i mean you saw sometimes tonight man like how do you guard him i mean that's that's the thing and defensively i I think they'll be able to get stops and this team puts points on the board so i'm not as worried about it as as some might be i think i think they're going to be fine when they get to the playoffs
2: and and i just like to throw this out there i think just even from a coaching perspective dylan hinted at this earlier i mentioned it in in a interview he was asked he talked about how coach Jenkins used to have like two plays that was sort of his go to his go-to plays and now he's got all sorts and I think you can sense that just in a different I think it's sure the players have to be able to execute and they have to be able to, to put together the game plan on the court but I think coach Jenkins himself has been able to make these adjustments and and figure out ways to counter whenever teams figure out figure out what the Grizzlies do well. I haven't really just seen him or the team get stuck. And so um, all of that gives me the confidence in the world. I don't think it'll be the factor everybody thinks it'll be going when it's actually time to start playing playoff basketball.
0: So speaking of, of you know, Taylor Jenkins kind of expanding his, his plays and, and getting out of just that that one or two, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, Bain taking that three and then Anderson grabbing the rebound and sending this ball to overtime. What did you think about the play that he drew up there at the end of regulation with a chance to win the game?
1: Um, I, I think I, I I was all for it. When when they called the timeout, I was like, man, I'm going to try to win this. If, if the opportunity to to get a three and a good look at a three is there, I'm going to take it. And I was thinking Bain, obviously, is the guy, and that's kind of what he drew up. They asked him in the postgame, was that the play? I think that was uh, Drew Hill uh, from the Daily Memphis that asked him that. I um, and he said, yeah, that the three, the play was to to get Bane a shot and Bane. I mean, I know that was a deep three, but he can make that shot, so I had no problem uh, with with how that played out. And Kyle Anderson got it in great position for the rebound, man, was able to put it back up and in. But I mean, as, as a coach, if I, if I was in that situation, I would have done the same thing. I would have drew up a play for Bane for the win. Uh, I think you got nothing to lose in that situation. And again, man, you're playing with house money, man. You just playing, and if you got an opportunity. To, to get out of there with a win, but I take it and I, I have no problem with that play he drew up and the look that Bang got there. Just did are knock down, man. Luckily, Kyle was able to get that rebound and, and put it back up and in, but I think it was a, a fine play. I had no problem with
2: it. Yep, same. And I mean, that's, that's, I mean, if Josh's on the floor, that's who I prefer. I mean, I know Darren has proven to be clutch in three, you know, when you needed three from him. Um, that sort of that didn't happen tonight in overtime but bain is who i want to have that shot and i actually think that he's i feel more confident sometimes the further back he is just because so, he's yeah. so strong yeah. uh you know sometimes it's the it's the ones that's closer to the three-point line that that seemed to just you know bounce right off because he put too much on it so uh that's his shot it was a great look and um that's exactly the kind of play calling that you want and and that and it just goes to to the point you know about Taylor Jenkins being able to put this team in good positions to win.
1: I think it shows that he believes in his guys. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's a good thing. And another note, man, we talk about Dylan and his mid-range and these crazy shots, man. Desmond Baines has kind got of the same way on his three-pointers. Like he yeah. makes these wild shots. There are times where he's falling out of bounds on one leg, fading back. I mean, he makes some some crazy shots too. So again, man, I have no problem with that. And when, when he when he took it when he went up, I didn't say, oh man, that's a bad shot, like. You kind of feel like every time he shoots it, it has an opportunity to go in. So, yeah, man, no, yeah. no problem there.
2: Yeah, if anything, I think they were just too reliant. And, and we brought this up earlier. We talked about Jaron just kind of taking too many threes. You know, I that's part of it. But I was just wondering if some of those were the game plan, just because of how it's drawn up that people got the ball back to Jaron. So there was an opportunity yeah. where, like, Desmond would get the ball and then they pass it back to Jaron. So it just kind of seemed like, you know, we always joke about those uh, – play calls down the stretch where it's just like Ja go make a play you know I don't know if they tried the Jaren go make a play uh move it seemed like that might have been a part of the game plan too it's because it happened on like three different possessions in overtime um so I, I questioned that part a little bit but you know it was it was worth a shot Jaren at least he, he got it overtime, time so I guess I get the logic but you would have liked to see um a little bit more diversity in those calls but those are just learning moments I think this is the time now if things like that are going to happen. It's been some time since they've really been in overtime. I don't know when the last time they played overtime. So you just want to, even the coach to get that kind of experience so that if it happens in the playoffs, he can make the right moves the next time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm th- that could very well be the the case. The thing that Jaron was doing really well, Rudy Gobert does not have the foot speed to keep up with him on the perimeter and Jaron done a pretty good job attacking him. Rudy did block one of his shots late in the game, but that was the only block shot that Gobert got all night long. And so I I think that Taylor Jenkins knows that that's a mismatch, and he was attacking it, and Jaron was just liking the shots that he he had the space. They were you know lightly contested at best shots. They just were not falling. If those shots fall, if he ends you know the, the night five of ten our six of 10, as opposed to three of 10, we're having a different conversation right here. One of the things that it was really interesting to me in the post game presser, coach Jenkins, when he was asked about that play, he mentioned that they even missed a screen. So the quality of look that Desmond Bain got, even with someone missing a screen was still a shot that I, you know, I, I would be happy with. He did not knock it down. He said, you know, Kyle went exactly where we told him to go. So, you know, good pass. You know, he, he was kind of joking around a little, a little bit about it, but, you know, Kyle being in the position that he was in was part of that play design. And so, you know, it all worked well, um, didn't lead, didn't end up being the, uh, the play that led to a Grizzlies victory, but it, it was a well-drawn-up play. I just wanted to kind of see where you guys were at on it. It's been fun to watch the growth from not only the players on this team, but the coaching staff as well. I don't really want to hammer this too long. We we went, I think, pretty close to an hour and a half on our playoff preview show. So if you guys are good, I think we, I, we can run through the box score here and go ahead and wrap this up. If there obviously if there's something specific that you want to talk about, I'm game for it. But I, I don't have much of anything else tonight.
2: Well, I, I did, go, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I did just want to go ahead and acknowledge. Uh, we've been talking about Jaron a lot, but uh, tonight he broke the franchise record for uh, most blocks. In a season um so just give just want to give jaren a shout out um he had three blocks tonight and it's oddly enough he (laughs) his block which he broke the franchise record was a block shot against uh, mike conley jr so uh it's just a little interesting uh a little fun bit right there but i definitely thought he he deserved that recognition and um i think that record that record he broke was pal gasol's right from the 2000 2001 season Yeah. yeah so shout out jaren
1: yeah, it was it was kind of poetic that it, it was on on Mike Conley, man. It's good to see him break that record, man. Well deserved. Doesn't seem like he's getting the defensive player of the year recognition that he he deserves. But I do want to say, man, we we didn't mention it. His defense down the stretch, he's had one of those, another one of those nights where he just went to another place defensively. Big plays, big blocks down the stretch that they kept him in the game and then knocked down the two threes that that kind of led to led to this game. Them standing in the game and been able to force overtime. Uh, just a tremendous finish for him, man. Just wish a couple of those shots could have went down in overtime. They weren't bad looks. Like I said, I would have preferred to to get, I think there were probably better shots they could have got with an offense, but they weren't like they were bad shots. So shots were wide open, man. He just didn't knock it down, uh, as David said. But run through the box board. We kind of touched on some of these things here. Uh, Grizzlies, not a good night from the field, man. 39 of 101 for 38.6%. And again, I think a lot of that just had to do with the, the shot-blocking ability of Rudy Gobert and the Hassan Whiteside, man. You go in there a couple times and you get those shot blocks. You're kind of thinking when you go in there with those floaters. You're not feeling as confident, and I think that's why a lot of those shots, they end up missing them. Uh, but Utah goes not much better, 40 of 96 for 41.7%, so not a good night for them at all. And I think that was a testament to the Grizzlies' defense, especially down the stretch in that fourth quarter. Um, and they missed a lot of threes. Uh, Grizzlies, but Grizzlies, a good night from three, 13 of 31 for 41.9%. Utah 12 of 38 uh for 31.6%. Jazz plus seven in attempts, but the Grizzlies plus one that makes. Uh so I mean that's that's big. I mean Utah's a team I, I think shoot the most threes in the NBA. And for you to to outshoot them, you you beat them by one on, on, on from three from the perimeter for a team that in the Grizzlies that's not necessarily known for being three point team. I think that's a good sign uh going into the playoffs because they just massacred the Grizzlies in most of those games in the playoffs from three last uh, last year. So see the Grizzlies win the three point matchup tonight. I think that's a, a really positive that you can take out of this game. Free throw shooting, uh, good for the Grizzlies tonight, 24-29 for 82.8%. Utah, 29-43 for 67.4%, so not not a good night for the strike from them. Plus They plus 14 in attempts uh, for, for Utah. You don't like to see that, man. I, I don't like to the on officiating, but there was some questionable stuff there, especially in the second half. They kind of let them play in the first half and kind of tightened up on the whistle in the, in, in the second half, especially I felt like on the Grizzlies end, I felt like they let Utah get a little handsy there, but not, that's not why they lost the game. But I feel like it was a little bit one side there in the second half. I'm not going to harp on that. Uh, Grizzlies get out, rebound tonight. Not something that you see a lot. Uh, 61 to 51, Utah. Utah with 13 offensive rebounds. Grizzlies with 10. Uh, Grizzlies with 26 assists. Did not reset magic number 30-23 for Utah. Uh, 13 to 8, the steals department. Grizzlies still forcing up, getting in fast lanes, forcing deflection. So you like to see that. Seven blocks for the Grizzlies to eight to Utah. Uh, Thirteen turnovers to seventeen turnovers for Utah. Both had four, both teams had fourteen points off those turnovers. Uh, fast break points, fifteen to twenty Utah and points in the paint. This is I think the glaring one that you can look back on and, and see why the Grizzlies lost this game. And only forty points in the paint. Usually see that number up up at sixty or higher for the Grizzlies, uh, but fifty-six points in the paint for Utah. So Grizzlies lose the paint battle by sixteen points, and I think that was your ball game. I think was at forty-one percent. Uh, that the Grizzlies shot up in the paint tonight, with the type of team they are, that, that's not going to get it done. Not going to get it done for most teams, but definitely not going to get it done on the, for the Grizzlies. And I think that's kind of why they lost this game tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's uh, the, the free throw stuff. You guys know, you know that that <laughs> makes me happy. But it just goes to show you, you look at the, the struggles from Utah – and you know, twenty nine of forty three from the free throw line. If they knock down more of those free throws, this game yeah. does not even go to overtime. So yeah. you know, the Grizzlies recently have had they've had a stretch here. You know, um, De'Anthony Melton went six for six, like to to help close out that game against. Uh, I just forgot the team name, man. Brain fart here. Who, you, who did who did Melton like it? down down the stretch? There, he made six in a row. Um, it, it was. um Against Phoenix, the Phoenix, Phoenix, I
2: know, I know yeah. Yeah. Like, been, about, yeah. Melton made six in a row we'll to Phoenix. close that game out. Uh, against Phoenix. Was it the, the it was Suns right? The Suns where yeah. right? yeah. they kept trying to foul him and mm-hmm. he, they were able to make their free throws. Or was was that DeAnthony? Anthony?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was Melton. He, yeah. he went because he he shot. If I'm not mistaken, he shot like the last six free throws.
2: Yeah, he went six to close six.
0: that game out. So, you know that that's. I I talk about it all the time. Some of you guys may be tired of hearing about it, but I'm going to continue to talk (laughs) about it because when the game slows down, that's going to matter. And if the Grizzlies are shooting 83% from the line, they're going to win a lot of games in the playoffs. And and that's something I've just always felt that way, even before I ever started doing this podcast, when I was watching college basketball, high school basketball, I've watched so many games. And being a Memphis fan of any type, If you have watched Memphis basketball, period, you (laughs) have watched games get lost from the free throw line. Man, for years. And that's, you know, I I don't – you know, Kansas winning this championship 2008, you go back to that team, free throws. I I don't remember how many missed in that championship game. Oh, man. It it was a lot. It was bad. So (laughs) – we'll go ahead and wrap it up we appreciate you guys tuning in you can get me on twitter at david w2111 the show is at ethos grizzlies candace let them know where they can find you and, and then isaac will get us out of here all
2: right i just want to make this quick observation this note i noticed i just was looking at the overtime uh box score here and they actually didn't have any assist um any assist and only two people touched the ball so that's exactly kind of what i was thought, thought about when we were talking about the yeah. execution that sort of just goes to uh, goes to show that and i think uh i think there'll be some really helpful takeaways from this game especially the overtime in particular from a coaching perspective so i'm actually really excited and optimistic about moving forward and uh, you can find me on twitter at seahawks901 that's C in cat hawks 901 take us out isaac
1: yeah man and, and to go back to the free throw shout out to, to steven adams uh peter breven said on the on the broadcast that if, if any opposing team player at Utah misses two free throws, fans get a, a free chicken sandwich. So, uh, Stephen asked went to the free throw line. They missed the first and made the second one. So no, no chicken sandwiches for the Utah Jazz fans tonight. So just wanted to get that in You get, get, get the, the there.
0: win, but you get no chicken. <laughs> no, no chicken,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, but the Grizzlies will be back on, on, on the hardwood on uh, Thursday night in Denver. Uh, Taylor Jenkins kind of, they asked him about resting guys or whatever. He said, we'll, when we get on the flight, we get there. We'll see how we feel and how we're going to handle that. So we'll see when the injury report comes out for Grizz PR. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. We will be back on Thursday evening. Another semi-lay game, 8 p.m. tip. Uh, That's a Time game out there in Denver. So 8 p.m. tip here locally. But we'll be back with a postcat So be on the lookout for that. Until next time, we go.
0: presentation.